Thank you very much for um, agreeing to bring this um, episode on nursing and on supporting healthcare practitioners. My guests today are Bianca, a nurse of 20 years plus experience, also an educator for not-for-profit organization in Victoria for all staff across the business, including nursing and non-nursing, for best practice outcomes for patient and self-care. And Shushila, who has been a healthcare professional now for 20 odd years experience and equally works in hospital healthcare. My regular guests, Gabrielle Kaplice and Annette Baker, welcome back. Uh, together, we're going to have a conversation about the current state of play in the healthcare sector, but not from a discussion about what's going on, because this episode, although we are recording it in the middle of COVID-19 chaos, I think we could probably all say, as the world really doesn't know where we're going to go with it. We're very much in the early stages of it. Still in Australia have not reached a peak, still in the UK have not reached a peak. So really we're very much at the, at the beginning and therefore the workload that has increased for everybody um, in healthcare needs to be supported. Hence this conversation. We're talking to people um, who have all had a way of working and a way of living that they can offer from their experience to others who may be wondering how on earth they can they can um, have the stamina to keep going in such a uh, seemingly chaotic working space. So let's kick straight off. Um, perhaps, uh, Gabe and Annette, perhaps you could give us uh, a background to what you see in the treatment room is the end result of perhaps not having that foundation. Yeah, great, Luce. Um, as relationship counsellors and as um, healthcare practitioners, we actually um, see a lot of nurses and healthcare workers. And what we see a lot of is an enormous amount of stress in their bodies, what they carry, attention, hardening. It's very difficult for nurses not to go into hardening. They're, they're very caring people. Anyone that takes on healthcare profession, for the most part, is very sensitive to humanity and wanting to support and wanting to help and wanting to care for them. So when they see, you know, day-to-day, um, -day, lots of the issues and tensions and hurts and problems that people come into hospital with or to the medical centres and things like that, whatever they're dealing with, there's a part of them that doesn't know how to deal with the sensitive aspect of them that feels the human being, the person that they're dealing with, and then a healthy detachment or knowing how to detach from not absorbing what's going on with the, all of the issues and the dilemmas and the problems that they're seeing. So what we see a lot with nurses is that they're very good at taking care of their patients, but they're not so good at taking care of themselves. And like they give 
everything to their work. But a lot of the time they live in complete disregard themselves, not unlike chefs that, you know, create an amazing meal, but then have no food in the fridge at home and don't know how to, to cook a meal for themselves, you know. Nurses live like that. And the other thing that we see a lot of with them is <clears throat> that they turn to um, partying or going out and drinking a lot and maybe even indulging in drugs and things like that to de-stress. They, they often form unhealthy practices themselves to de-stress because they're so sensitive, because they absorb a lot of work and because they're, they're, they're carrying a lot of tension and hardness in their bodies. So that's something that we see. The other thing that we're noticing is that the anxiety levels of the nurses that we see and counsel and treat are rising. So these are the, the basic things that we work on with them. Bianca, have you found that with the nurses that you're working and training, that they're aware of that level of tension and anxiety? Yes, thank you, Lucy. Um, there is a level of awareness there, absolutely. Um, the nurses and the healthcare practitioners and the non-nursing staff that I am often with in education um, are speaking of how stressed they are and how there's a real tension in their bodies about how much there is to do and how there's not the space or the time to actually make um, their time with the patient personal or actually one of connection. And in actual fact, that makes them even more stressed and also leads to a great deal of job dissatisfaction. So that's another element that comes in. And I think that also encourages nurses to harden their bodies and just be very task focused and to get on with it. And like Gabe so beautifully um, expressed, we do we go into healthcare because we genuinely care for people we genuinely want to be in that arena where we're supporting people who are vulnerable who are needing assistance and in in when we're at uni or when we learnt how to be nurses that was encouraged you give everything that you have to your patient you don't worry about yourself this is the job and so in education, what I'm seeing is a lot of burnout and a lot of um, really poor self-care practices. It's like self-care is a buzzword, but is it truly lived? Not really. Um, so I do a lot of education around body awareness and how that's very holding of you when you're in amidst the tension and the absolute busyness of the role because it is, it's constant, there's no stop. I'll go back to what Gabe shared earlier on and the description of how healthcare professionals are living basically. And because I was one of them at one point where, yes, I came into the career because I had a genuine care about people, but what they don't seem to prepare us is 
how to take care of yourself at the end of the day. So I was one of those who partied hard, um, wasted my days off basically. And it was only when we all have our stop moments at the end of the day and whatever stop moment it was, it makes you reflect or do that autopsy on your own life at the end of the day to say, okay, what can I do? Because the end result is you actually start to dislike your job. And I was doing anything I could to try and get out of the job, but nothing would come because that's where I was needing to be. So I ended up having to look at my lifestyle, what was supporting me, what wasn't supporting me. And I think somebody did mention about rhythms. And yes, we do shift work, but at the end of the day, how much preparation are we actually doing for our shifts that are coming up? Whether you work on night shift or whether you work morning shift or whether you work weekends. So I'm finding whoever you look at within the healthcare profession, it doesn't matter who they are and what status they are in, whether they're cleaners, whether they're ward orderlies or whether they're um, head of department. The main thing, the key thing is putting yourself first, looking after yourself first before you bring that to your patients or your staff at the end of the day. So how interesting the we have discussed having nurses who uh, whose primary role is about connection they they are deeply caring people they put themselves out there they they know they want to be of service and they want to be of service on the ground you know front line they want to be in there they and they give everything in order to do that they have some coping strategies when they realize that they're burning out to keep going and clearly Bianca, what you were sharing is that you have got your education that talks about self-care, but no one really cares if you do it um, because Shushila suddenly went, oh yeah, I knew what I was supposed to do, but was I doing it? No, not until I burned out and actually I couldn't leave because you either need to stay in a job or you can't find another job or you just have that overwhelming sense that you are meant to be there then you start questioning, okay, so how do I actually build a body to be able to do this job? Hmm. Um, let's, let's, come, let's come back and ask, how, why is it that we have an industry that's based on health and healthcare that finds it difficult to model the level of self-care that's needed because Shashila, you brought this in. You said we need to be, we need to really consider ourselves first. Offer from a cup that's full as opposed to a cup that's empty. Why is our healthcare not walking what we know we're asking our patients, clients, staff to do? Yeah, it's great you brought that up because that's what I was feeling as as Gabe, Bianca and Shashila all, all spoke and yourself, is that the exact thing 
that we're talking about that is required and so important for anybody in the in the healthcare industry in terms of their own self-care and the level of nurturing themselves and supporting themselves is in fact the exact reflection that's needed in healthcare for the patients. I mean, obviously there's situations where people go to um, a healthcare service, be it a doctor or hospital that might be an injury or an accident, something that, that is not, we could, we could say um, by their own making in terms of a lifestyle, but probably a large percentage of, of the patients and clients that people in the healthcare industry see, the healthcare issue that they present with is something that is lifestyle related. So in fact, that is the reflection that's needed for the clients and the patients. And I think to that point, a lot of the anxiety and stress that, that people in the industry absorb is, is an attitude and, and a mentality from patients that comes in with a, an alarmist sort of fix me fix me your this is your job your job is to fix me but what have what has that person what has that individual done in their own life to take care of themselves or what have they done that's contributed to where they are now don't say this as a as a you know a blaming thing but it is a fact that a lot of people arrive at those situations wanting the best care which okay that's what the healthcare system is there to provide. But it's ironic and a little bit hypocritical if you haven't given yourself the best care and as, as such, or subsequently you arrive in a position where you want somebody else to fix you. And I think, and I've observed this for many years, I think that is something that is a big part of the stress that people in the, on the front line in the healthcare industry feel enormous pressure about because yes it's their job but they can't undo 10 or 20 or 40 or 60 years of someone's disregard so it's great that you you bring it back to that in in a way what we've all been sharing is the the actual energetic qualities of nursing and healthcare is true parenting because you've got that nurturing and caring or coming from that person um, equally. That's truly nursing and healthcare workers actually personify energetically true, true nurturing and true caring. And it's a bit like a parent that has a teenage child or that is recklessly doing something like maybe riding a bike or skateboard or not eating correctly or whatever falling over, hurting themselves, harming themselves, coming to, coming to the parent and going, look, can you take care of this now? Can you nurture this? Can you care for this now? And so the healthcare worker is in, if, if we take on what Ned's just said, the healthcare worker is in the imposition then of having to care for somebody that has not cared for themselves. That's, the, what, that's what's reflected back to them. And ironically, they're, they're in, in true healthcare practice, you have to actually take care of yourself to that highest degree as well. You have to nurture yourself and care for yourself in a truly parenting way. 
to be able to offer a true reflection of that to your patients, to your clients. I loved what you said, um, Annette, earlier on, in that I'm reflecting back to my own training. And in that training, I never, ever was ever introduced to looking after yourself first, because that is very essential. It doesn't make any difference in what career we are in. If we don't look after ourselves first, no one else is going to do it for you. And I, this is what we are faced with constantly, is that whether you're in a GP surgery or whether you're in a hospital, patients have this mindset that you're the healthcare professional. So it is your responsibility to take care or heal or fix this. And so at the end of the day, it, there's a level of responsibility here from the patient's part as well as the healthcare system at the end of the day. That's simple. And we need to meet in the middle. But at the end of at, at the moment, and probably not just at the moment, but it hasn't been occurring. And before COVID-19 ever appeared, the anxiety that was going through the healthcare professional is high. Your nurses are getting burnt out, your doctors, et cetera, et cetera. So it just continues, that cycle continues. And somewhere along the line, somebody has to break that cycle. And it can't be from a person coming along and presenting self-care. I've received self-care presentation from healthcare professionals and you can see that they're not looking after themselves at the end of the day. And you're not a role model. So I don't, I, 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 I just can't accept it at the end of the day because I'll just carry on with my merry way. And recently I've actually been presenting to students coming into our uh, system and presenting self-care. What is their version of self-care? And what is so surprising is they think that self-care is your usual mundane exercise, um, eating, etc. But they don't look further, deeper inside of, I need to go to bed early. I need to watch some of the foods I eat. Um, what entertainment am I um, engaging in? Alcohol, drugs, etc., etc. And Last year, I did a presentations to um, a, a group of educators within the hospital. And I took it further as to hang on a minute, let's let's really look into self care here. And it was amazing what they walked away with and they the feedback that was um, documented in the forms was they hadn't realized the depth of self-care that needed to happen. So we are not prepared from the very beginning of looking after ourselves. So this is where I feel the issue is. I'm absolutely loving what everybody's expressing. It's just gold. What I wanted to share was, it feels like the initial spark that nursing was 
um, ceded forth with has been eroded. Because in truth, what a nurse does is she offers healing simply with her presence. That is what it's about. And so in the seeding forth of the nursing role, which Gabe beautifully expressed, is about nurturing and a deep care, we did originally know that that needed to start with ourselves first. Yeah. So that is there. That is because it's the original seed of nursing that it's not about the doing. It's about your presence. It's actually about you rocking up to work and it being everything. I do not have to put my hands on a patient. My presence, my quality in which I live is what offers them everything. And then with the modernization of life, we've moved so far away from that and nursing has been so task focused and so motion driven that we've forgotten our core. We've forgotten our essence that you need to look after yourself as a unit. You need to look after yourself as a uh, human being because what you are offering your patient is a reflection of health, is a reflection of true care, is a reflection of someone that values themselves so much that they will care for themselves before all others because that is the true way of being. Because if you don't, you can't care for anybody else. So I just, I just wanted to highlight that that is the original seed of nursing, that understanding of that we're the interplay of each other and that the nurse's presence and her body is what offers healing, not the doing. And what that shares with all of us is that that goes right the way up through the hierarchy. That if what you have shared is understood by management, then they will hold the space to then offer the training and the support and the environment, regardless of the um, demands on it, because they, they will train people to be able to work in space and offer that space uh, rather than get sucked into the drama of the timeline and the the um, you know when you work in in A and E in, in emergency it's it's you know it's drama driven um, and absolutely there are schedules and things that need to be done in a very timely fashion but I've been in A and E where chaos has been going on but I've watched the way some of the nurses move and they are not buying into that at all. And then you've got others who are completely consumed by it. And the difference was extraordinary. Um, I, I, was, I was able to watch that and see that. Now, um, I feel like I, I can see that because I come ready to look at it. But other people feel it, but they don't know what it is they feel. And they have to align to one or the other. Am I going to get sucked into that? or accept the grace of the space that's offered by one of the nurses or doctors who are not buying into that, that, um, that, those demands. It has to start with the valuing of self. Um, so when I was expressing before, it doesn't mean that as a nurse, we're just there to do nothing. We've got to take that quality of knowing that we're everything in our presence and move with that as we go through the tasks of our day. And what that does is it offers a holding 
where we don't get as engaged in the drama of our jobs because people being unwell is often very dramatic. It's, it's very emotional. It's very wants to draw you out of yourself. So you put yourself in the person's shoes and the moment you do that, you're absolutely gone and you forget that you've got to value you and care for you first and you're giving too much of yourself away, if that makes sense. Brilliant what you presented, Bianca, because as you were speaking, what came to me is that even as a nurse, whoever you are, there's a level of responsibility of whether you buy into what's been offered or not buy into. And what I mean by that, I've actually observed handovers taking place and the previous shift that's had a terrible shift, whatever's gone on for them, they walk in the room with that. They've had a bad shift with this, with that, complaining, etc., etc. So the shift that has just arrived fresh are already set up for the day to be ruined. And I've often spoken to staff and said, you've got two choices. You either allow that and you take on what's affected them on their shift into your shift, or you come in in the morning and say, you know what? Today's a different day and I'm going to look after my women, my patients, etc. from a fresh day or from a fresh shift. And that there's a, that level of responsibility that we need to take into our self-care as well. Back to the, the patient who comes in with that expectation of the healthcare system to fix them, just on the, on the point of people in hospitals and, and the front line being the nurses. I've, throughout my life, I've visited you know, numerous people, grandparents you know, in hospitals. So I've had a little bit of, not a lot of time in hospital, but what I notice is that one of the first things that a visitor will ask the, the patient in hospital, a friend or family member will ask the patient who's in hospital is, how are the nurses? What are the nurses like? And there's the person who's sick in hospital with all these expectations of having the best care and they might well be and probably very often are a little bit, um, little bit, maybe a lot agitated at even being there. And they don't, and so they're, they're so quick to jump on saying, oh, oh, that nurse is a bit cranky, that one's this, that one's that, and they'll pick and pick and pick at the nurses, but they don't do anything about addressing their own agitation that they're projecting onto the nurses. I, I really feel for nurses, they, they <laughs> cop it bad because the patient will often, um, you know, have the doctor on a pedestal, but the nurses, you know, who are the ones there with them 24-7, are copying all the flack and it's all their frustration, all their agitation, all their discontent just gets literally projectile vomited onto the nurses. And recently, Annette, or Annette and I have both been in for day procedures recently in clinic hospital. And um, it's so fascinating to, what, to observe the setup and how you know, the, health, the health staff work. We find it fascinating as counsellors, of course, we're, we're observing every detail. And Annette was being admitted 
um, and I was just waiting with her before the anaesthetist, I can't really say that word, came along. And, I don't um, think anyone can. <laughs> <laughs> and this doctor came in, in full view of us as the clients and Nett as the patient, and absolutely lost him, lost the plot with this nurse in front of us and just bullied her just relentlessly. And she had the temerity to go, she looked at us immediately. She was sensitive to the fact that there was clients there and went, can you please come in here out of this room and pulled him into a, a room that wasn't so um, not secretive so we could still hear the, the bullying going on and the behavior. But what you can feel in these situations, and then after that, she, of course, every nurse was affected by that because they all knew that the doctor had come in and spoken to a particular nurse in a particular way, berated her. Then all the nurses were on, on tender hooks and you could feel that. And so what, it, it's like this frisson of energy that just goes through everyone. Whether it's, as Annette's explaining, the patient demanding and expecting from the nurses and the doctors and the responsibility that Shashila talked about, you know, the responsibility to help support people and in, in really truly nurture and care for them. It's, it's just this terrible exchange of imposition energy, this negative energy between the, cl the clients and the patients that come in that are confused and desperate sometimes because of their health situation and they're out of control. Then the, the doctors and the nurses trying to deal with this scenario and potentially doing their best in, in, in this scenario, but maybe being cold or tough or bullying or whatever, and it all gets taken out on one another. So you can see this whole collapse of human dynamic with one another. And the understanding that I get from the nurses we talk to is that it's very difficult to, for them to manage people's expectations and now more than ever in this panic of COVID-19. Just the, the levels of stress that they're having to deal with that are coming off the public. And then the hopelessly, um, you know, they're, they're feeling like they're underprepared in some ways and under-resourced in terms of equipment, protective equipment and things like this. And, and probably stressed in, in themselves of like, are they going to get infected or are they going to get affected? All of these sorts of things that are going on. And one of the greatest fears is how do we manage this situation that, we, that is so unknown and out of control? And I, I feel like this sometimes happens on a daily basis with them pre-COVID-19. So it's not just what's happening now. What's happening now is giving visibility to the whole world of what healthcare professionals actually have to deal with on a daily basis and the imposition that's sort of, um, it's like a hot potato that's, um, you know, pushed from one uh, person to another 
and no one really wants to have to deal with it because it's not true the way that we're dealing with it. The whole thing feels like a setup. Like, let's face it, nursing is not a glamorous job. You don't go into it for the big bucks. You don't go into it for the prestige. You go into it because you genuinely care for people. And the setup for me is that that pushback, that um, lack of acknowledgement of the patient in terms of how we're right there. Our, our presence is consistent, we're steady, we answer the buzzer, you need us, we're right there. And it erodes that appreciation of what we bring. So then we get resentful about being at our jobs because nobody values us and we forget to value ourselves. And then so self-care goes out the window because you're like, what's the point of caring for myself? I'm just basically someone that rocks up to work. Nobody sees me anyway, or they just abuse me, or they think that I'm not as nice or not as pretty as the nurse before on early morning shift and I'm on afternoon, all of that. So it just, the whole system feels like a setup to encourage nurses to step back from that appreciation of themselves and what their presence brings and to stop that caring, nurturing, bolstering of themselves that they can do every day. So when they go to work, there's this space around them that supports them to deal with whatever comes their way. I can recall when I went into nursing that we were valued we were appreciated once upon a time that that existed. You were proud to be a nurse. You were proud to be a healthcare professional. And that erosion has come over time to the degree where you said earlier on, it's about, it's task orientated. It's about the doing. It's got to the stage where I can recall doing monitoring on patients, blood pressures, temperatures. And I knew within myself that blood pressure is high, I need to escalate it. That temperature is high, I need to escalate it. It's got to the stage now where we need certain parameters that are placed on a chart that alerts the healthcare professional that this observation on this patient needs medical attention. That's where we've got to now. So things have changed. And I can't remember being burnt out then. But a few years ago, I was one of the victims of burnout, one of the statistics of burnout. And to the degree that somebody had mentioned earlier, I didn't know what career to go to afterwards because this is the this is the contract I've signed, not just for the with the hospital, but the contract of my life basically is I'm going to be a nurse, I'm going to be a midwife, or I'm going to be a doctor until the day I take my last breath. But that's all changing. And with COVID nineteen, it's exacerbated it. But as as uh, as it was mentioned earlier, that anxiety within the healthcare profession has always been there and it's just been exposed even further. I know of countless healthcare professionals, it's plastered on Facebook, where there is that uncertainty as to what's gonna to happen to them. 
with all this media um, attention of toilet paper running out or this running out and people are going neurotic about it and going silly and shopping as though our Armageddon is upon them on them when really at the end of the day if you just take stock and just what you shared earlier on center yourself and really look at the practical side to it essentially uh your rock stars let's be honest um you know what you bring to the healthcare system what you've offered um us who are not in the healthcare system is extraordinary and i hope that every healthcare professional that listens to this feels appreciated feels deeply valued by us just as they did in the uk when they went out in their strengths and they put their saucepans together as well as their hands and just banged them so that the nurses and, and doctors and all those healthcare professionals who have put themselves through rigorous um, at times abusive training you know particularly where you know where you're told to work all the hours to get uh, that, that are needed without necessarily self-care but that has that appreciation can come from us and I suspect it will in all the different countries um, late but rightly so but the most important people, as you have both shared, those all four of you have shared, is that actually you have to do that for yourself first. You have to clock that until you appreciate you, you won't set a standard that, that, is, um, that you then live to and you will burn out and you will constantly be looking for someone to tell you what a great job you're doing and constantly feel that no one ever does tell you or recognize the amazing job you're doing. And that is a self-perpetuating dark hole. So it has to start as, as you have all shared with that, that coming back and, and restocking and, and how can you support yourself? I um, hope it's okay to mention this, but Coles have opened their doors on a Tuesday and a Thursday for all healthcare professionals. And I was in that queue on Thursday. And what was so beautiful was they set it up in such a supportive way and there was a few elderly people that were in the queue because it was originally monday to friday for the elderly between seven and eight these people hadn't obviously taken note of what was in the news i'd received an email from coles and they were in the queue but i loved the gentleman that was there from coles stopping them from coming in and only allowed the healthcare professionals because because we had one hour to do our shopping. The, the place was still um, empty in certain places, but that was amazing that we were appreciated, and it was beautiful. There was a big queue. There was none of this frenzy. Um, let's see who we can push over. None of that was occurring, and it was very very civilized and caring and it was they have families too at the end of the day to look after and we have a home to go to and what would happen if we received if we contracted COVID-19 we're one less person helping the healthcare system and I loved what the NHS did in the UK, um, 
they did in the UK, the clapping, etc. And Coles have started something here. I just wanted to add that there is appreciation filtering through. So we have clearly come to the part of the show where we really need to get practical now. Let's get down right there in the trenches. How are you going to start? Can each of you please share uh, some top tips? I don't care if we hear them again. If you say, yes, I'll do that because you're each going to have a different flavor of doing it. So it doesn't matter if we have, you know, a bit of a washing machine or a bit of a, you know, like a, a clear, beautiful minestrone soup of ideas. Let's just um, put them all out there and see what comes. Bianca, would you like to kick us off? Thank you, Lucy. So with everything that we're um, talking about, the key that it comes back to is that nurturing, nursing is about nurturing. It's another N word. So we've all established that that nurturing has to begin, begin with ourselves first, can't be given to us. We need to make that choice. We need to make that decision that we are worth it because of who we are and because of what we do, but first and foremost, because we deserve being nurtured. So one of the things that I did recently, because, oh my gosh, we're washing our hands so much, my hands are broken. <laughs> like, so I, I bought some beautiful, um, just very luxurious hand cream. And I was like, I'm going to treat myself because my hands are my tools. And this is what touches my patients. This is what touches other staff. This is what touches myself. So I went out and I just spent some money and I was like, I am worth every cent of this because my hands are so important. So that's a small one. I've got more, but I'll let other people share. But yeah, I thought that was gold. <laughs> For me, I've just changed positions where I need to not dress in the uniform. So what I am doing now is preparing my clothes the day before, have everything ready. All I need to do is just get up, shower, put my makeup on and get dressed. I have my lunch ready. I'd rather take more food than have less food because that supports me. And if there's food that I can just pop in the drawer, I drink lots of water, more water than I've ever done because my role is slightly different and I'm not up and about as much as I used to be. So I even go for walks, have a stretch, make sure that I take my lunch break because I deserve it. I may be sitting at the desk, but I still deserve to have my breaks. When I go home, it's, I leave work at work and I'm at home. And I always have a shower in the evening to wash my day away. And the other thing I do is I like to go to bed at a reasonable time to allow my body to recoup and recover till I'm ready for the next day. And also my mindset is changed in that, okay, today was really a struggle day. Tomorrow is a different day. And I wake up with a new body if that makes sense and like Bianca I've got loads to share 
So Sheila, I just wanted to share something about the water because that is awesome. What I've found is, because um, often when I'm teaching or I'm at a facility, so I can't go to the bathroom as much. What I've been doing is I've get, been getting up a little bit earlier and I've just been drinking so much fluid before I start my shift. So then I'm starting the day really well hydrated. And then that means if I'm not able to drink as much during my shift, then I'm sort of covered for the day. And then on my drive home, I'll do that same thing because everybody knows about nurse's bladder. You know, if you're a nurse, you've probably had a UTI before because you've been holding on so much and putting off going to the toilet. So I find that's a really good way to get those fluids in that we need and it holds me throughout the day if I drink a lot in the morning. Um, I would say... Um well, and this is for anybody, not just healthcare workers and, and, and perhaps anybody who's listening to this who has been a patient at any time in their lives could take heed to this as well, which is to actually listen to our bodies. As Bianca mm. said, her hands are her tools. Well, our, our whole bodies are our tool in life. It's, it's, what, it's what we work with. It's what we live with every day. It's what we love with. So listen to our bodies, know what sort of exercise best, best supports you, know what sort of food best supports you, know what sort of sleep rhythm best supports you. Really have, um, have a, make a commitment to have a true relationship with your own body. Beautiful. I've got two. One, the first one, what I notice with healthcare workers and nurses, I mean, this goes for everyone but particularly people in positions of pressure dealing with people all day long there are things that you'll absorb most definitely at times and because you're sensitive the worst thing that you can do is bottle it up take it home bury it and then go to bed on that if you live with a partner or you have family that you really relate to or there's somebody significant that you can speak to it's really important to actually or it could be another colleague nurse or a doctor that you get on with it's really important to express from your sensitivity how you're feeling about everything and not in a way that's dumping or judgmental because that's actually going to be toxic for your body when you start to communicate like that. But it's almost, it, it's really important to debrief whether you go to see a counsellor or whether you can talk to your partner like that or as I said, if you've got a sister or a, a family member that you trust that you can speak to, reveal that sensitivity don't hold it in don't don't override it don't crush it because if you don't if you do you're forced to harden daily so every shift you're just building 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 more of this burying of what you're actually feeling and as it came up in in what was previously shared it it's overwhelming and that's what creates anxiety it you get anxiety from not expressing from your sensitivity how you're really feeling. And go to the detail of that. Don't leave it out. But make sure that you're not saying it in so much hurt or reaction or frustration that it harms you and harms another because nobody's going to want to listen to you if you speak like that. 
So that's the first tip. The second tip is something that we have shared with our nurses, and that is the gentle breath meditation. And maybe Lucy, you can put the link to that meditation in the with the audio. What we found with nurses in particular who are actually doing that, it's very centering. It's like it's an, a self-nurturing and a self-care practice that you can do for 10 minutes. You can lie in your bed at night before you go to sleep or wake up in the morning and do it. But it's super, super centering. And it, that kind of way of being able to self-reflect and go inwards and feel um, a connection with yourself before you go to your shift or even in the break between your shift if you know we've done shift work in our life and we used to do the gentle breath meditation in the car in between shifts just sit in the driver's seat relax it back do the meditation even have a 10 minute nap afterwards and then come back to work and go into shift so because we've done shift work in restaurants which is intense as well too it's an intense environment we have an understanding of what it's like to be in intense shift work for nurses so we've shared that with them and that has been super supportive and we've noticed a difference in those people when they've actually taken that on um, something that gabe shared is about discussing that this moment that we're in Last week, I had a, what I call a little bit of a meltdown. I'm in a new job, learning new skills, and I have, I call one of my meltdowns. So basically all it was, I just burst into tears. And I allowed myself to do that in front of somebody else. These are new work colleagues that don't know me. And I showed my vulnerability. And it's something that we're very good at not doing, showing our vulnerability. So this is where the anxiety and the hardness develops. So don't be afraid to have a cry, as, as it was shared earlier on, that you're not to go and dump on people. But if you talk about it to someone, they may not be able to kind of fix it or resolve it but they, they they're listening and that is all that needs to occur for that person just to release whatever burden or overwhelm that they're in and it was a beautiful feeling because it gave them the permission to actually be vulnerable and be super honest with me as well with what was going on for them so it kind of gave them permission to Sheila, that was absolutely beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. I wanted to also speak to what Gabe raised about sensitivity. Um, uh, everybody's feeling everything all of the time. And, you know, as nurses, I'm sure each of us or healthcare practitioners, each of us has had an example where we've just known that something has been wrong with our patient. And we there was no visual signs or there wasn't something outwardly that we could rely on to confirm what we were feeling but we we held steady with that feeling and then it did transpire that there was actually something happening medically or physiologically with the patient that we needed to alert the doctor to 
So I wanted to confirm that nurses are very in tune with what they feel. So part of nurturing, part of self-care for a nurse when you're at work is you're walking the ward and you're feeling everything. You're feeling the person that's walked that path before you. And I know that might sound strange, but you're picking up on other people's anxiety or their frustrations or their panic or their fear. And I wanted to just give a very simple example of that. So before everybody, or just at the very beginning of the toilet paper hoarding, panic buying started, I went to the supermarket and I wasn't aware of this, right? And I'd been away, I'd been interstate and I started walking in my supermarket that I regularly go into. I had my list of vegetables that I needed to buy. And all of a sudden I thought to myself, I need to buy toilet paper. And I went, where did that come from, right? And I was like, I don't need toilet paper. I've got toilet paper at home. That is so weird. But I just used this little simple example to illustrate that we're picking up on the walked imprints of people before us. So we're doing that at our work. We're doing that at our wards, on, in our facilities, out in the community. So it's really important as part of self-care that we don't negate what we feel, yeah? If we walk into a patient's room and we feel heaviness, just call it to yourself. Something doesn't feel right here. Something feels a bit off or something feels heavy or I all of a sudden feel angry and frustrated where a moment before I was feeling fine. Because part of that acknowledgement throughout your day means that you're not absorbing, you're not taking everything in all of the time. So when at the end of your day, you're so exhausted and you're like, I don't even know what happened. My little thing to add would be, it's not what you do, but how you do what you do. So whatever you're doing, whatever um, constraints you're under, whatever your routine is, whatever rhythms you're, you're starting to lay for yourself, just consider how you're doing what you're doing, whether it's standing up, sitting down, walking to the bathroom, opening, closing the door, speaking to someone, I love what you, you shared about um, walking into a room and feeling and being sensitive to everything. Very, we, we were sensitive as children and we talk about that on this show all the time. And if you ever want to, to, to investigate that further, just have a listen to some of the other audios we've done. We pick up on everything all of the time. And really, what, what, if we can go back to honouring our childhood sensitivity in adult bodies, we will know exactly what to do, when to do it and how to do it. And we will so appreciate all the work that everybody is putting in to support us um, and perhaps bring a smidgen of responsibility to how we're living so we don't put quite so much pressure on our healthcare system. What I was feeling just then, in it you know, okay, we've focused this discussion around supporting healthcare workers, but as we can feel and anybody who will listen to this can feel it's for anybody, everybody. And just to offer that, that what's been shared here at this time with, with what is going on globally, with all the isolation, with all the quarantine, with all the lockdowns, it mm -hmm. really is asking or offering, at least if the offering is there, for all of us to slow down, to stop. In fact, you know, we can't help that because we've been put into a forced stop. 
but within that there is a lot of space and scope for self-reflection and self-responsibility. I love that you brought that in just then as well. So rather than react to the situation or panic, obviously there are, there are circumstances for many people where a lot is at stake and their whole livelihood is, is challenged and compromised. Even still within that, there is, there is a huge offering for us all to just go deeper within and reflect and consider how we may take more responsibility in our own lives and therefore what sort of body and being we bring to, to the lives of everybody we're in relationship with and, and to this world. Exactly. Really, what, what footsteps are you walking for someone else to walk in behind you? Loved what you shared, everyone that has shared on this discussion, that despite what's gone on, despite my um, history, your history, anyone else's history, it doesn't make any difference. I don't think I would ever go into any other career. I am proud to, do, to be a nurse. I'm proud to be a midwife. I'm proud to work in the healthcare system despite what's going on. And I wouldn't change it. Beautiful. On that note, thank you all very much. Bianca, deeply appreciate. So pleased you're there training our, our upcoming professionals. Shushila, you have given, you've brought through so much um, personal experience actually about. Uh, that I wasn't expecting and that was so beautiful because you've, you've really made it very real. Both of you really brought through the professional but also the personal. So um, I'm sure that that will support a lot of people who are listening who can relate to a lot of the things that you have both shared, both from how they were educated, how they responded to that education and then how they walked that education and how they now need to re-educate themselves. Truly stunning. Um, Annette and Gabe, uh, deep appreciation to both of you for um, holding um, us within a bigger space of um, what you see uh, are the broken down bodies sometimes where they become a little bit more honest and ready for honest conversation. Uh, that's really important because we are going to find ourselves in these moments where we have enforced reflection time and we may have, um, there are a lot of people who have lost their jobs and are reassessing everything in life. Um, their moments of feeling incredibly vulnerable. But in that vulnerability, we can take responsibility for how we nurture ourselves and how we look after ourselves and how we build a foundation to then go back out into the workforce with a very strong foundation of self-care to then have a consistency that we can bring in our everyday. So thank you so much for for offering that space for people to be able to um, feel safe to do a lot of uh, the self-reflection that can sometimes be a bit freaky Friday. <laughs> thanks, Lucy. Thank you. And thanks, everyone. It's been beautiful being with you all. Thank you. Thank you all.